Right, so we are back. We had a little bit of a hiccup, so we try, we start over again. Welcome to the Composers Roundtable episode three. And we really hope that everybody can be heard now. We're here with Reed, Matthias, I'm Sam, and this is Simeon. And today's docket that we're going to go through is music software marketing, creative block, getting stuck, routines, health, and why it matters. And then we might talk about some new deals and new instruments. But before we get into that, I just want to get a quick hello and see what they've done this last two weeks. So, Reed, what have you been up to? I've been working on a world music video and for YouTube, and the title is How World Music Can Change Your Life. And this is a video I've wanted to make basically for a year. And so I've been learning how to make YouTube videos so I could make this right. And so I am focusing on the Yangchen, which is a Chinese instrument, kind of the Chinese dulcimer, which was given away as a virtual instrument. A lot of you may know by native instruments in December and January. So I chose that instrument because it's one that a lot of people have. And I was able to get in touch with a music teacher in uh, Singapore, Mr. Patrick, who um, has these really, really lovely videos of his students up on, on YouTube. And he also trains. So I, I learned a lot from his videos and he gave me permission. So when this video comes out, it's going to have a performance from a 15-year-old girl who's just wonderful. All right. Thank you, Reed. That was really nice. I, I, I really want to look in, into that a little bit more. Uh, Matthias, what have you been doing this last two weeks? Yeah, I've been uh, focusing on a, um, on a project that's kind of similar to mine uh, that actually started at the same time was also about the Cinematic Studio series, creating a template for that. Also a Dutch guy, by the way, so that, that's, that was pretty funny. Um, we started at exactly the same time. And, uh, but he's actually finished his uh, template, so I had a look around uh, at that template, played with it, was able to chat with the guy who made it. It's, uh, his name is Rico Dirks, you can find him on VI Control, and his project is called Project Colossal. That was, that was the other funny thing, we both had oh, Project yeah. something in the name. Um, but actually I learned a lot from it, um, and I want to incorporate some of the ideas he had in there in my own template as well. But in my own way, of course, I'm not going to put his presets in there. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is I came across a really nice YouTube channel called Microtone Music. Um, it's two German guys. They're both conductors. They can help with arranging music, orchestration, also getting players. And they have really nice uh, YouTube uh, video streams as well, live streams, where they explain some techniques about advanced orchestrations, things that go into uh, recording with a real orchestra, what studio to pick, how that affects the mus musicians, which room you pick. All that kind of thing and they were really responsive in the chat as well so that was really nice mm. oh that sounds nice i would like to check that out too maybe you can put in you can put in the link later okay excellent so simeon what have you been up to the last two weeks well i'm, I'm uh, plugging away still at this uh, this violin instrumental project uh, making the arrangements and learning so much about um solo violin libraries and it is just when you're working with a, a virtuoso violinist and and uh 
you know, you they, they you can't fool the you know they know they they know what's going on, and so it's been a real challenge. So I've actually gone through three libraries, and uh, the last one was the Joshua Bell uh, solo violin from Embertone, which uh, which I think uh, has has kind of risen to the top as far as um, just feeling alive when you play it. Uh, you know, just almost uncanny when you go from note to note, how it kind of anticipates uh, what uh, what's going to happen next. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, Reed had mentioned something about uh, the Bohemian violin from Veer Harmonic. And hopefully, I'm hoping that I can get uh, get to try that as well. And just and then uh, ho- and maybe just share my experience as Comparum and just see what happens. And uh, another thing, uh, I just finished a video for um, audio plugin deals. They're going to be releasing a, uh, a a harpsichord, an Italian harpsichord bundle from Real Samples. And, you know, we harpsichords have gotten such a bad rap. I think we instantly think about the Adams family and Lurch and that type of thing, but there is so much more to a harpsichord than than you would ever think, and even the tunings. So I learned so much about uh, the history of um, of harpsichords, and so that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, I had done uh, did a video for him for his Hallian uh, version of one of his harpsichords, and these are over five hundred years old. Uh, and it's just just to sit down and play like these, um, you know, ancient instruments, pretty much 500 years old. It's just an amazing experience. So lots of fun, lots of um, just just lots of fun and also being uh, able to be with you guys again. It's such a privilege. So I'm looking forward to our discussion today. I know we're going to have a lot of fun. All right. Really nice to have you all guys here. The So, uh, again, I just wanted to mention, if you happen to listen to this podcast on a podcast service, please remember to rate us well, so we're being shared more and discovered by more people. So, uh, let's get going with today's docket, and this is something I think Reed uh, suggested, and I really like the idea, to talk a little bit more about music software marketing, how they get us to you know, buy more stuff and the different sort of tactics that you use to get interested. So why don't you start with that, Reid? What, what was your reason for when I talk about this? Well, I don't know if all of you know this, but I do, for the last three years, I'm going to keep doing it this year, but I do a, I do a Black Friday post on VI Control, and I talk about all the deals. So that kind of... <clears throat> Because I do that each year and I spend an entire month doing that, it's like my profession for the month of November, I've become sort of obsessed with the idea about all the different ways that people do the sales. And it follows me, this obsession with this follows me all year round. And I'm really interested in you can have companies like Isotope and Waves and uh, ATO that essentially have a sale 365 days a year. They are always doing one or 10 or 20 sales every every day of the year. And then there are companies that will only do two sales a year. And there's all these different variations. And, you know, the sale idea is 
well, you better buy now. You know, there's a time mm. limit, and that is makes people panic. Like, oh, I better take advantage of this because this deal will never come back again until like three months later when it does. But they, they particular, I think that hits people who have not been doing this for a while. Mm. They just go, let me, let me do that, and. Uh, that's an obvious thing and there's also intro prices are like sales something comes out and it's less and it's going to go up and so you feel you have to buy now and i'm also thinking because this week there is currently a video that's been sent out by spitfire for forums which is talking about a mysterious library that they won't tell you anything about and they show you a weird video that doesn't tell you anything. And Christian Henson comes on and says, well, I'm more than usually excited about this. I'm always excited, but now this is very personal to me. And I'm like, wow, you know, but, but he won't tell you what it is. And the idea is we fall for it every time. There'll be 90 pages on this forum, on this music forum of people discussing endlessly. I mean, people joke and they make fun of the marketing, but the, they still talk about it for days and days and days until the thing comes out. And I think that they sell incredibly good products, but they also add something to it in the way that Apple does, which is, and they're the best at it. They're the masters at it, I think. they. They add a certain gloss to it. I don't know, a certain uh, artsy, um, cool desirability to these products based on the way they, they create advanced videos on them and based on the way they demonstrate them. You, you get to know, you know, Home and all these people there who, who uh, demonstrate them. So there is a whole kind of um, bouquet or something that surrounds these uh, products before they come out. So I think that's something that's been on my mind because they're actually doing it as we speak. Hmm. Yeah, excellent. It made me also uh, realize um, it's true, everything you're saying. But it's also they're catering to a desire that we have that we can also talk about, you know, the what is it we think we're going to get, you know, by buying these uh, products? What is it they're promising to us? And I can only speak for myself, but one of the reasons I've been so fascinated with this is because, you know, I said in another podcast that I, I really like the idea of I have the whole orchestra in front of me. I can just create everything. It's all there. I can just play around and have fun. And I think in a way, if I'm honest with myself, when it comes to, well, I can start with plugins, which I don't buy too many now. I sort of had this idea that if I just buy that plugin, I'll just turn that down and that button and everything will sound amazing. It will just be the best music ever. And I know, right, this is not true, but I noticed there's something in me that sort of has that idea. If I just have that plugin, then then everything will be amazing. And And when it comes to instruments, I think I'm also sort of looking for the perfect instruments. It's going to make it easier to write and it just sounds so natural and so real and I don't don't have to have a real instruments or whatever. So I just wanted to bring that in as well, that I think that there's a play between, you know, th that desire, at least for me. You guys can talk about what you 
Reed disappeared. And uh, yeah, he had, <laughs> had a call. Had a call. I, had a call. No I think one of the things he that Reed was mentioning was the the mystery that surrounds it. So they they start like two or three weeks uh, before something comes out, and it's like it's like concentration. They just show you just a little bit. <laughs> so it's the excitement of what you don't see is is what they it's the anticipation. Oh, and then you got a little bit more. Oh my gosh, it's kind of you know, and, and so. And then it creates that discussion. What is it? Uh, you know, um, we we thought, uh, you know, we we come up with these crazy things of what this is going to be, and um, and then when it comes out, it goes, it's just like, oh, okay, uh, ukulele library. My oh gosh, I've got thousand of those. So that is the danger too. So it it, it and the. I guess it's it could be a, a ratio. So the excitement you can build it up like this. You better deliver uh, if you build it up like this uh, because if it gets to there and it goes, wah, wah, you're it just you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Um, but I think it's the tease and the anticipation and the unknown that uh, we fill in the blanks, so to speak. Uh, we exactly. we fill in the yeah. blanks with what we want to see happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the disappointment comes when that's not fulfilled. Um, and, and in fact, the 621 thing that they're doing, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's got some, it's got a little creepiness going on around it too. So there's a, it's a little, it's a little weird. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to what, uh, uh, to what it's going to be too. But that's the thing. Even negative attention is, you know, there's research that is done that people will seek negative attention uh, and it is just as powerful as positive attention. So even negative press um, is valuable uh, to a company because at least they're talking about you. Yeah, so no, when exactly. they stop talking about you, you got to be. That's when you start to worry. So, yeah. uh, but I I concur with Reed that uh, they uh, Spitfire is the um, Apple of the uh, music software industry. You know, well, I think no, different companies do different tricks. Uh, I would say. I just wanted to yeah. uh, mention something here. I don't know if we lost all our chat, but if you are in the chat, if you're interested, uh, you could definitely write us a question or two. We might be able to take care of that. I just want to say that so you can always participate, or perhaps you've thought of something that we can add. But uh, Matthias, yeah. have you any particular company or or mm-hmm. strategy that we noticed that is uh, sort of well, something that, w- that was already mentioned is the uh, the always on sale company. So I can yeah. think of two waves and East West both both have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the funny thing. But actually, with Spitfire, because I think we've mostly been talking about them, mm-hmm. I actually kind of wonder what how you guys feel about if they've gone a little bit too far with it. With it, it's like they do it very well. I think we can all agree on that. But to, for to me, it's become annoying actually, and it's put me off for quite a long time from many of their products. I've just made the decision like I, I don't like the way they do their marketing, and I'm not gonna look at their products anymore. But so does it make, I mean that that's personal, but you don't want to buy it anymore. It's that way you feel like I'm not gonna buy it just because of that. Yeah, most of the time, and sometimes I will look at it. Like for example, with the Abbey Road stuff. I mean, yeah, that's that's just very hard to resist. Mm. So I did look at that. But the other stuff, I feel, I mean, how many string libraries have they done? And how many more times can they be very excited about something? I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and all the jokes about things being uh, game changers and all that stuff. I mean, because well, I they're also the problem, so, really, so hyperbolic with their, with their marketing. That's like, yeah. there's yeah. 
there's no room for them to go anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they can't say, well, this time it's really game-changing. <laughs> I just want to yeah. say before I go on that, I do, I do notice here for some reason that we have problems today that it does seem like, at least at my view here, that we were not uh, seen today. It only says Composers Roundtable uh, in the stream, and I have no idea why. Mm. So you can hear us at least. So sorry about that. So I just wanted to let you know uh, on... Yeah, I don't know how it looks on you guys' end, but I only. So see I'm that. seeing it here, uh, Sam. So, oh, so I'm, you do I'm, see it. I'm, yeah, I'm monitoring it here, and we've got two people in chat. Uh, Excellent. Right well, now, I got that. So, uh, I have the I have the yeah. people in chat. It's just on the preview video. It only says episode three, but no worries. Then fine. Then I'm okay. happy about that. Go ahead. Do you just hit the start? Go ahead and hit the start, and, and it might uh, it might that might just be like the thumbnail. So just push the. Oh yeah, play. it could be. Yeah, yeah, but it, it don't no worries about it. it I don't but you got it. it. I'm I'm good. I don't see myself. Yeah. So Matthias, you're in the yeah. you, you're in the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know yeah you're in that camp yeah see that and that's the danger you know yeah you can alienate people by doing doing mm -hmm. that. Well, personally, I feel like uh, uh, sorry to butt in there, but there just want to add. I feel like we were different stages because I definitely been in love or whatever you should call it. So I got really mesmerized by all the companies in different ways. But I feel like I've come to point on all of them that I know their tricks and I know what the libraries can do. So mm. I'm not so much turned off. It's more like, yeah, I know what you guys can do. So I'm not turned on so much, if you can say, oh, you're showing a lot mm. of love and sex here. Um, <laughs> for example, I, 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 uh, I, I know more what to look for. And I can give one example, for example, 8DO. Uh, sorry, mm. nothing against ET, I, I like them. But I have figured out, and this is hard to explain because it's really a personal thing, but I understand their videos <laughs> really well when they market stuff now. And I can say, like, if it makes sense to anyone, I listen to what they don't show. That tells me mm -hmm. a lot what that library is. And it, they're not lying, they're not bad, but I know what they don't show. There's a reason for that. So I listen mm -hmm. to, like, if they show off a Legato, they do it in a very specific way, you know, all kinds of stuff. So then I know more when I buy a library. I would say, actually, particularly ATU, if you hear something you like, then that library can do that. But if you don't hear things that you wanted to do, then, then don't buy it. <laughs> it's like, they're really, really specific, and they uh, have excellent videos showing off their stuff, but they only really show exactly what you can do. So that's, it's a good thing to look after, actually. Anyway, yeah. I actually the all sales. I mean, waves. You said that. I I feel like ATO is starting to do that since the last year or so. They have a constant sale actually now on things, uh, which is quite good because I always thought they were a little too expensive, uh, considering <laughs> that you have to buy the contact player in order to use them. So, um, but yeah, that that exactly. If if, if anything turns me off. It's the constant sale, actually. Uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because then I feel like... Yeah, Waves like is... Well, Waves is like now the $29 store mm -hmm. of everything. Yeah. And I and and listen, I remember when Waves first came out with their first plugins, mm -hmm. and they were five $600 yeah. for a compressor plugin. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh my gosh. And let's not even talk about their Pro Tools plugins, which could have been $1,200 for a, one plugin. Um, unbelievable. And now it's everything so saturated. It's 29 bucks. Um, there is a great developer, uh, Hornet, Hornet plugins. 
he is a great uh, developer and he's he he's like 60% off every, about every 3 weeks so uh but it just is a way that i guess he can keep you got to keep cash flow going somehow mm-hmm. and so um yeah, and 8DO, I think uh, I tried one of their solo violin libraries based on the video, and it was like, wah, wah. it's like, oh, man. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so I've, I've been very cautious on where that 50% coupon is going to go. Uh, but I, I saw your video uh, on your channel, Sam, uh, which was just very oh. inspiring. And, you, and I think you said that you used... Um, uh, some ADO string libraries yeah. in that, and it in that it case, sounded anthology, very more or less. I have a few other small ones, but anthology. Yeah. Okay. Actually, when you say that, I, I really wanted to get Matthias in, but I just want to mention quickly another tactics, and then we can go over to you, Matthias. Is that uh, repackaging of libraries? Oh uh, yeah. I'm not mm. against it because I understand it, but it's something you need to be aware of when you start to buying stuff. You know, especially if you already have the products. You know. So coming up, but Matthias, you—I think I interrupted you. I apologize. You were talking about mm-hmm. companies. No, I wasn't. No, no, I don't think you did. Um, <laughs> I do have a couple more thoughts about specifically East West, because in terms of marketing strategy, they also had a very funny thing going where they had—I think it was with Hollywood Choirs. So I still remember that quite well. They had an announcement of an announcement, which turned out to be an announcement of an announcement. And I don't know how many levels deep it went, but it went maybe two or three, I think. Where they announce and announce and announce, and also other companies. It's not just East West. Other companies who uh, announce things, then delay them, then delay again. Mm-hmm. At some to- sometimes I wonder, maybe they delay on purpose in the sense, like just to keep building the anticipation. And for some, it might be sincere, like they really have a delay. But mm. I mean, it could be a tactic. Could be. What do you you What do you think, Reed? Have you noticed any? What do you think of that, or have you noticed any other tactics? Well, I, I feel like you touched on something very, very important for the marketing, mm. and that's these demo videos, mm. which are very artfully made. And I think I've never heard anybody express what you just did, which is something I feel all the time, which is uh, I was looking at some of these vocal libraries from ATO because I thought, all right, it's half price. Maybe this is a good time to check one of these out. And it was just incredibly persuasive for me to not buy it, you know, because I knew what I was looking for. And it was quite clear in showing me that it was not there. And and so it was not a dishonest video, but if you watched it and you were fine with what you saw, then it was, you know, it was an honest video because I saw it and I said, you know, I'm not going to watch it, but the idea of all, I'm not going to buy it. The idea of all these videos is to get you to buy. Mm. And the idea of the demos that they hire wonderful composers to do. I mean, Simeon does them. I, I have a good friend, um, Tatiana Gordieva, who makes all these incredible uh, um, demos, but I could never compose like her. So... You know, it presents the library in a way that is not real for me to have all these amazing composers do stuff with it. Um, So it's very difficult. You're buying these things that often are quite expensive. You cannot return them in a lot of cases. And you have to make the judgment based on a lot of strange things, some excitement that a company like 
like Spitfire can build up on you and this, oh, it's a chance of a lifetime to get this sale. And there's all these things, audio plug-in deals. It's like, oh, it was $2,000 and, you know, it's $8 <laughs> this week. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. need it. I have no interest in it, but that's so much off. I, I better I better get that. And, <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, so you buy this thing and that's, sort of it you know it goes in your hard disk somewhere to yep. be completely forgotten and i have one other thing i don't know if i'll throw out there if unless unless you have more stuff any of you to talk about the things that are, that are already out i'm interested now <laughs> you teased it so <laughs> <laughs> well well this is a kind of uh, personal uh thing which is feature bloat and it's the idea that if something has you know a hundred velocity levels and four thousand round robins and the it's two tetrabytes you know it's like so there's this idea um the more samples this idea that the more 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 that people feel well it's better mm. and you know, for example, in velocity levels, that seems great, but most MIDI keyboards cannot deal with that kind of delicacy. So you're not, unless you really, really have a good one, you're not going to get, and most people don't, you're not going to get any results out of this by, say, playing a piano with that. You could get it in MIDI editing, but I think when I see a piano and they tell me it's a million velocity levels, it makes me feel that it's better than one that only has four, but it might not be for, for a lot of people unless they really are looking to edit it. And, uh, you know, a piano uh, virtual instrument, I'm looking to play it. I'm not looking to edit it. And so I think a lot of what is being sold is an illusion and uh i think people are very easily led because if they think it's better it is better mm. you know, they're they're se setting spec sheets yeah they're they're just oh so they hear that the piano is better and then then they feel it is better and i think that what makes a virtual instrument has to do with the instrument that was recorded, the room the instrument was in, the talents of the person who did it, the scripting. So I'm not saying that those other things don't matter because when you do have very, very good people recording, they usually put in a decent amount of round robins and, and velocity levels and things like that. But you know, somebody like, Eduardo Terralante, he's not necessarily going to be advertising his stuff by sheer bulk of yeah. gigabytes mm -hmm. or something. What mm -hmm. he's he's what he's really selling is his artistry, which you have learned from owning a bunch of his libraries, if you're lucky enough to have done that. And then you see he did a new one and you just go, 
I bet it's good, and it is. But I've also you learned know, by knowing a few people in different industries that if you have a bigger company, then the sales department has nothing to do with the artistry. So the you know I don't know about Spitfire because they seem to do everything there, but uh, the guys who create the instruments or or, or a game or a movie or whatever have very little to do with the with the advertising, and usually they are miles apart when it comes to uh, I you know. Artistry and how to how to sell a product. I just want to say again, one of my favorite uh, companies, Spectrosonics, and I, I I just like them so much because I think it was one of the later videos of Trillion, and I forgot the artist's name because I'm getting old and I forget people all the time. It, it mm. was so funny. It was the Pocket Queen. Uh, oh the yeah, drums. Greg Greg Philinganus, Greg Philinganus, and the Pocket Queen. And I didn't That's buy the library, video. but I I awesome love that video. video. I just love them so much for that. You gotta go check that out because that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I haven't heard of it. So oh, go and check and it, it out. It makes yes. you happy. It yeah, makes you happy. Really, it makes you happy. So I just wanted yeah, to ask you Greg guys. Greg Philinganus is the best. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I just wanted to ask you guys quick before we move on. I think it's like, do you have any good tips or something that you can think about when you want to buy a library? Is this something you can look out for or think about? Actually, when you check out the advertising or hype, what, what, what do you say, Matthias? Do you have any good ideas? What, what do you do? Actually, I was just looking up the video you mentioned, so it kind of went by me. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Do you have any good ideas on when you buy a library and you look at the uh, the the advertising or the hype it's like do you do you check for something what's your tips how, how do you know if it's good or not mm. oh that's hard to say um well usually i'm i'm usually a little bit suspicious of like very short teasers <laughs> because as you say what they don't show well and if it's a very sh- a short video they are not showing a lot so um it, it's always hard to judge those um I don't know. I would say I just I kind of base it on what my experience with the company has been so far already. Uh, that comes into it, and of course, some of the demo writers also write for different companies, and I kind of know what they can and can't do. And if I can hear that they're struggling with a certain product, um, or or making it, or like making use of of the samples or the part of the library that 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 works the best, like using all, only all the shorts or something like that. Um, then that's a red flag as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, but I'd have to give it a little bit more thought. Uh, this, no this worries, question. you might think of uh, it later. S- Simeon, do you have any good tips on how to look at things? Well, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm like Reed had mentioned that I, you know I do a lot of dem. I actually do a lot of demos for a lot of these companies. My my approach is that that I and this is why I love doing live streams when I when I get a new library to look at, um, I just want to I just want to get on and just play it uh, because to me that is the best way that uh, because I want to be I want to have first of all I want to have the integrity to uh, to not uh, be like a Spitfire fanboy or Heaviosity or some of the ones that or VSL those have, those companies have been very gracious and so the 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 line that you walk you have to be realistic and not present a false sense of uh, this can do more than what it can do uh, what what I what my desire is is just like I want I want you to see it. See it. See me open the box. It's like somebody said. It's just like it's like you're you're opening a box at Christmas and finding something in there, um, and um, and so that it, it's and it, and it's very difficult. And but like I think we're I'm hearing I'm hearing a theme 
uh, as far as, you know, um, you know, Reed mentioned Edward Teller, Teller, Tellerin, say, say that for me, Reed. Eduardo yeah, Tellerante. Yeah. Eduardo Tellerante. And then yeah, uh, Sam. yeah. So, and then Sam mentions uh, Spectrasonic. So you have histories with these, uh, with these companies. And so you, you know that uh, you have a relationship. It's all about a relationship. It's relating to the company, how the company treats you as a customer, uh, how a company, uh, how the product is presented, and how you've how you're satisfied with the product. Like if you go to a restaurant and have a really crummy meal, uh, evidently you're not going to go back to that restaurant, and you're not going to give it a very high review. Uh, so it's the same thing. If if there's like you get a library and you get a bad taste in your mouth after using it. Uh, because you had an expectation, you're going to be very cautious on doing that again. Mm-hmm. But if you have a great experience with a library, uh, you're going to you're going to go back. So you know, like with Omnisphere and Spectrasonics, yeah, you know, because you know that you're going to get uh, the best stake in the house when they bring something out. But I was so, um, somebody in the chat here a while ago. I'm sorry we took a while to get to it, but David David Anson Lowe, to to Reed's point about feature bloat, perhaps the market is so super saturated that a developer feels is necessary to offer something different simply to get noticed. And I was just thinking about that as you were talking, Simeon, you know, that some uh, companies like, for example, Spe- uh, Spectrasonic, who has such a good reputation, and maybe they're looking at their sales and they're like, yeah, there's nothing we need to do. We don't need to have a sale. But other companies are like, look at the figures, you know, and they're just starting to get desperate. I'm, I don't know. I'm just guessing. So they start to try all kinds of stuff in order to get noticed. I don't know. What, what do you think, Reid? Does that... Well, I think there are companies that bring out a new library every half hour. And then there are companies like, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how fast ATO comes out with libraries, but pretty fast. And uh, a company like Spectrasonics, where it's, uh, you know, the cicadas come out faster than Spectrasonics libraries. You know, you're just waiting and waiting, and they do updates. Yeah. But how long has it been since yeah. Keyscape? 2016, I believe, mm, is when true. Keyscape came out, and that's the the last one. And you know, and I'm of course dreaming of Guitarscape. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they will uh, something like that. And you know, what's next? You know, and so what will it be? You know, and uh, I don't know. But you know, I'm assuming that they're doing something like Keyscape that will be spectacular yeah that would be be something i and you don't they don't discount and so you don't have to worry when it comes out you just get it Mm. if you can Mm. and you never have to worry it's not going to be discounted and uh you know with that name on it you can buy it and they do wonderful videos but they're not really necessary for me it's it's eric persing Mm -hmm. and his high standards and the people he brings around with him that are just, he really, he cares about every single preset. Yeah. You know, there's nothing he sends out there that is not really good. And I guess it takes a long time to create something like that. And Matthias is, is talking about cinem- cinematic studio series. Mm. I just don't have any worries when I, you know, I'm good, you know, I have all of them. I have all the stuff, and when the percussion comes out, I'm just—I'm not going to worry about it. You know, the only thing that I'll be worrying about—your fanboy—do I do I have money? 
you know, at the time. <laughs> I don't, I don't have as many, I don't, I'm not a pro, so I don't have a lot of string. Yeah. I don't have a lot of orchestral libraries, but I'm just very happy with that one. Mm. I, and I think, Matthias, I think you like to focus on it too. I think you try to get the most out of it yeah. from watching your videos. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and with with the cinematic studio series, it's I think it speaks to uh, Simeon's point as well. You s just sort of have established that trust. I think, right. yeah, I must have gotten cinematic strings two or sorry, not cinematic. What was it called again? Yeah, cinematic strings two. I think was their one of their first string libraries, and I got that, and I liked that, and I liked the simplicity of it. They have the the little blocks, the the uh, easy interface, which they also have with the current series. Um, and I think he, uh, Alex Wolbank, who's the developer, has just really proved that he has a very good quality assurance. And like Reed, I just I don't worry about getting it. So at that point, because I've I've seen with all his previous products that they work for me at least. So mm -hmm. I, I think a basic thing is if you if you will, there's people you know will not release a product until it's ready, mm. and. Uh, Having done a web business once, one thing I found out was that you could get it like 70% of the way in a few months, mm -hmm. and then it would take you a year to get it to 90%, but then to get it that last 5 or 10%, that was another year. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. a lot of people, when they're involved in a business, they're just going to say, I'm going to send this out. It's got problems in it and you know we'll do an update or mm. something like that we'll fix it yeah. when people complain about it or maybe they won't fix it when people complain about it and i think when alex wallbank releases a library it's ready it's mm. not i think that's one thing we know about him and that's something we know about you know we're not going to hear if we get a new library if we're lucky enough to get a new library from spectrosonics you're probably not going to hear somebody coughing in the background on one of the <laughs> you know who's not going to hear chair creaks and things like that they nothing like that is possible to get to get by them it's they they're not they're going to triple quadruple check everything yeah and so it, it takes a lot of time to take software and get it that last few inches to the finish sure. line. That's one thing I learned from this business I did. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you think, wow, if you, if you can get so far along with it in two or three months, oh, this isn't going to take any time at all. Yeah, exactly. On how it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just thought, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I thought I should just uh, share my ideas on how I purchase libraries or anything like that, mm. or if I do, and you see what you guys think. and. I generally say, don't do it. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> that's my first advice. <laughs> no, but really, check check your stuff first. I mean, if you are completely new and you have nothing, then obviously you need something, but just really double check you. Maybe you have it somewhere in some big library, you know, maybe you can already do this stuff because it is that, oh, I want this new feeling. So that's the first thing I would do. Then the second thing, don't buy something that just came out. Really don't. I mean, if you do YouTube like we do, then maybe we get review copies and all that and sort of a privilege doing that stuff. But otherwise, don't ever. <laughs> don't pre-purchase. Don't get it immediately unless, you know, you know it's amazing, you've checked it out and it's a reliable company or whatever. Because, and be careful with companies that have a lot of design. 
like really like fantastic interfaces and buttons and it really shines and there's bells and things going on. And my favorite example is performance samples. Look at their interface. You can't get more boring than that because they put all the resources into the sound, for example. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a nice interface. I like it too. But, you know, hmm. just think, what are they spending their money on? You know, and they have, they have all these videos and these famous people coming over or whatever. Um, I'm not going to name companies here, but I know there's some companies who are in the chat. That turns me off. <laughs> they, they're just, you know, saying things. Uh, also be aware of sponsored videos. I mean, if you do a review, that's one thing. But if, the, if it's a very obvious sponsored video where they're just, the, the, the YouTuber sounds almost the same as the company. Be careful. And my last tip again, uh, look for what it doesn't do. Yeah. Those are what, very good points. What uh, do you need? Yeah. yeah. And if you need what you don't hear, then that's library. that library is not for you. Even if it sounds amazing doing everything else. I can give a, a personal example. And I was very happy I got this library, but I was given an example. I, I have Insolidus by 8DO. I love that library. I think it's absolute fantastic. It's one of the best query libraries I've ever gotten. I was so happy when I received it. But it is incredibly specific. It does one thing very well. So it doesn't do the other things very well. So that's an example. Again, you li listen to those demos. What it does is so, so good. It's the best thing I've ever heard. There's nothing that beats it. But if you want to do other things, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, to put it that <laughs> no, it's I'm a little nasty there, but. But anyway. So if anything, uh, going back to like use what you have, I was uh, I was at with uh, I was the music director at a church and and the drummer comes up to me and he says, "Man, you know, um, I want to learn how to play the bass guitar." And I and without without any hesitation, I said, "Well, when you master the drums, I think that would be a good idea." <laughs> so it's it's like it, it's it's like so. So it's like we're we're buying new, new, new. I think we're 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 looking for the gold at the end of the rainbow, the pot of gold. And it's like if I buy this library, that's gonna be it. And then it's not it. And then we we have terabytes of uh, space on the hard drive occupied with all of these libraries that we haven't touched in two years. And so so that's the thing. It's just like um, uh, you know that first point, what you said, when you see a new uh, announcement of a software library, run away. Uh, you know, and and look at what you have and, you know, get the most out of that. And I think that's a big challenge. I think we don't we don't get the full potential from what we have because we're always chasing after the thing that's going to that's going to be the magic fairy dust or whatever. That's just going to make everything just appear. Um, so, yeah. I think this is actually a very nice segue into getting the into the getting stuck theme. Yes, <laughs> because having all those choices, I can actually I found uh, lead to sort of being overwhelmed by well, I can use this instrument, I can use that one. Um, I have too many choices, and that actually can also lead to some kind of creative paralysis where you like oh. Okay, I tried this library. Ah, okay. And it, sometimes you have those days, at least I have them, where just every note sounds wrong. <laughs> you press one note and it's like, no, that's not it. That's not it. And it, So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, right. I just want to say complete control or other big libraries. You need to have a feature where you press a button that says libraries or sounds I have never used. 
click on it mm. and it comes up. That would be just really good, you know. That's anyway, good sorry. Idea. Yeah. But Matthias, you're really right that that uh, uh, of having too many libraries and. Uh, I thought I didn't have so many, but I think I do. I don't know where, mm. but yeah, when you start to really look for sounds for a half an hour or or an hour, I just posted something really silly on my channel saying that browsing too many patches on Spectrosonics syndrome, you know? I, I've noticed when I've done that sometimes when I create a song for our do sound design, I, I get really drained when I sit and browse Spectrosonic sounds. <laughs> so it, it goes for anything there. I do, actually, just as a very small side, but have any of you ever bought the same thing twice, accidentally? I I haven't, not to my knowledge, but I know some people have. It's been on VR control like <laughs> like a joke because oh really? Oh, people collect I stuff know, and I know some people who have done that more. So yeah. I think <laughs> um, I did a video once on templates. Mm -hmm. So the idea would be I would do a template that's ambient guitar. And then you search and search for through, through programs that you wouldn't even think about um, that have one ambient guitar in them. If it's not an ambient guitar and you really spend a little time out of it. And before long, you just you have this quite substantial template. Because I find that can be a healthy thing in terms of keeping track of this stuff as you're getting it so you at least and and the other thing is to be able to compare them do i like which one do i like better than this and quite often i'll find when i have many things that i'll always choose omnisphere for a sound and that shocked me because before I started doing the templates, I hardly used Omnisphere at all because the idea of searching in Omnisphere was too overwhelming, you know? So, you know, it's, there was, I love, I just wouldn't find things. But Reed, and would so, you say that template is a way of that you don't get stuck, so you create these templates and then you don't have to later on do all that search, you sort of, you can go directly and just play with, is that what you mean? Yeah, you know how in Cubase you can load up a template and then you can just, you can do it really quickly and then you can grab one of the tracks out of it. So if I need something, like I need a pad or something, I just load up the pad template and I load it up like six of them. So there's no searching. There is a great deal of homework involved in that. But I actually, you know... That's another, you know, it's a nice procrastination thing for me. I actually enjoy the process of making these templates. I really enjoy them and do it. I, I play with these instruments I discover. And uh, so I would say a template helps me. And the other thing is to every now and then do a little shopping for the instrument you already you know, oh, oh, yeah. pretend like you don't own it and then start watching the videos and looking at the marketing for it and and just see if you can get yourself all excited again about this thing that you've already yeah. paid for. That's a mm. very, very good one. I yep. use that quite a lot. It's a very good anti-gas uh, measure. <laughs> it's like a gas mask. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I've never tried this. This is really cool. I'm yeah. going to do that. That's really good. Simeon, what... what um, what, 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 how do you get stuck? I don't know what to ask to get you in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, a lot of getting stuck is how you feel in the moment. Um, emotionally, uh, we're, 
musicians are very emotional for the most part uh, personalities and 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 sometimes if i'm just not feeling it just just not not being in the right frame of mind is the is the biggest obstacle sometimes for me uh, because so much goes on in in the course of living um, and you just you're, you we're, we are not robots we're human beings and we we are going through life together and some somebody asks us to do something or you're or you want to you want to you know I've, I probably have hundred hundreds of arrangements on the hard drive that are never that are not done uh, and it's like the motivation to do to finish to to get up and and play. So it's like somebody asks you to play and it's just like, like, man, I'm just not feeling it. So that is the biggest block for me sometimes. But when I get into the flow of things, then it's, it's, it's just like, you don't, you don't want to get out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's just trying to, trying to keep yourself inspired and and feeling good um, emotionally for me. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I have a pretty positive outlook on life, but sometimes that, you know, it, it gets, it gets pretty real and you've got to, you've got to work through that process. And, and uh, sometimes every note sounds the same, every piano sounds the same. Um, and so you've got to just say, okay, so I'm going to own this. I've got to stop and take a step back and then come back and look at it again. And uh, so, so sometimes getting a fresh look at things are great, but there's times when everything sounds the same. But what do you normally do then? Like, if, if you feel like that creative uh, block or whatever you should call it, so what's your strategy? Do you sort of, as you say, you take a break or day or you go out? Yeah, or, yeah? You, you've got you've to walk away from it. The, mm. There's a trap that happens where you're trying so hard to fix it in the moment uh, and it's not working and you've been trying to do it for an hour and, it, and an hour turns into, it's like Inception, the movie Inception, where, where you're going down different levels. So a musician's uh, pre- perception of time is like two levels down from reality. So it's like our hour is like a day in the real world. <laughs> You know, we get in this, we get locked. So you have to forcibly pull yourself away sometimes and go to the grocery store, go take a walk. Um, you, you, it, it has to take action because we're sitting down at these workstations uh, for several hours. So you, you've got to find ways to, to break that up, to get up, to get out, take a breath of fresh air, turn the computer off Um Go, go listen to something. Go listen to something that it has nothing to do with what you're working on. Um, and actually, then you'll come a, back. I actually have two advice on, on that point. So you come back to you uh, that I, my viewers might know already. And these are this is an app, unfortunately, only works on Windows, but it's free and it's called Work Rave. And it's a fantastic little thing that you set up whatever you want so that after maybe 45 minutes or half an hour, it will warn you. And then after a while, it will make your computer inoperable. You can bypass it. Oh. And it's not dangerous. It's not a sort of virus or anything. But you can bypass it, but it tells you, you need to get up and stretch whatever for five minutes and then come back again. And I can tell you, everything that damn thing comes on, I hate it so much. But it's it's so good. I, I really, if you have a, if you have a problem with this, if you tend to just work on forever, I can tell, well, take myself an example. If I've sat with something for like four or five hours straight, I am destroyed 
for a day at least afterwards. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I have that little thing on that I hate, I hate it. It reminds me to get away from a computer for five minutes, jump or whatever, come back, and it's it saves my sanity. Uh, I also have a dog, by the way, that helps too. But I just wanted to mention that thing, Simeon. So you can go ahead again. Well, it's accountability. We mm. you have we have to have some sort of accountability, um, and so just like that app is like your accountability partner, yeah. um, and it and it's all wrapped up. You, you know, music is just something that's that's. It's it's a very unusual thing because you can't touch it, you can't taste it, you can't feel it, but yet it creates all of those emotions and all of those feelings. Um, and so it's it's just yeah. So I'm gonna have to take a look at that. Uh, yeah, we have the sledgehammer like no no I've got it. I, I, and but this is the thing. Oh, I almost got it. Five more minutes. Yeah, yeah. Five more minutes. Yeah. You know, my wife says my, my wife knows when I say five more minutes, it's probably going to be a half hour, forty five minutes. Oh yeah. So you. We have to establish accountability, and if that's that's a way to do it, and we'll be healthier, um, and our music will sound better. It does, um, you know. Uh, with mixing as well, everybody knows if you go over an hour or forty-five minutes, you don't mix well anymore. It doesn't sound good. You're gonna make more mistakes. So absolutely, there's another one called Cold Turkey, which I think is even rougher because you can't turn it off at all. It really just locks your computer. It's like <laughs> bye. But it's very powerful. You can set it to all kinds of stuff, like schedules. Or, or, yeah, it's something to look into if you have problems there. So, uh, Matthias, Matthias, do you have any good uh, ideas? Or if you have a mood, or mood, <laughs> credit block, I mean, or if you're getting stuck, what do you, how do you combat that? Oof. Well, I think most of the points were already mentioned. So, like, stepping away from it, which I actually don't do all the time. So, I should be doing that. I should be installing one of those apps, apps I think. Uh, because I very much recognize the thing where you get in a flow state and you feel like I have to really do it now because I'm going to get, I'm going to be out of my flow state in like uh, three hours. So I have to get it done before those three hours are up. Um, that's how it works for me, at least. As for getting unstuck, I think actually for me, that's an ongoing battle, battle still. Um, because, for example, the last two weeks, I've just, I've tried to create a little bit of music, but it, yeah, I, I had those days where all the notes sound wrong, and <laughs> um, yeah. so actually, I'm 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 very interested in what you guys have to say about it because I I, I could use the help actually. I think <laughs> I think we all could do. I mean, just talking to each other, it's really helpful. So I'm not expert in this. I could just say a little bit of my own struggle. I I'm not a perfectionist in general in my life, but I think with music, I I really. I know too much, which is a problem. So I know how I can fix things and tweak. So I, when I hear something I don't like, I start to mess with it. And that is a big problem uh, that, you know, mm. gets me sidetracked. From, That's actually from a the really, goal. really so, so something just, set templates are good and just really stick with this simple, simple stuff, you know, like don't use plugins, nothing. Just absolutely basic, basic, basic stuff is... Uh, is very important, but also to be kind to myself because I'm very tough on myself in mm-hmm. this regard. Like, oh, it's not what I hear in my head and I get frustrated and, and you know, and those extra five minutes can be five hours, not really, but yeah, I just sit there until, until it, uh, until I get it the way I want it. So a schedule I've noticed for me, and I'm going to get to second point when that's good for me personally, it might not work for you. I have very specific work hours and I stick to those and I go into work at that time and I stop at that time. Not always, but I try to do that because a lot of people talk about flow and I think that's important and true, but I might need to do a work or a deadline 
and I might not have that flow and I'm training myself to work anyway. Not to frustrate myself and, you know, suffer, but to, as a practice, go back to it and do it all over again. Just I'm li- like I'm lifting weights, you know. Sometimes I love when I train, but I don't always love it. I keep doing it and it becomes a habit. And that is one way of not being in control of your flow. So like I can only compose if I am a flow. Yeah, but maybe you're only in a flow on August 13th. You know, I mean, there's something mm, about yeah. having a practice so that you might get into more flows, basically. If I can break in on a point sure. you mentioned about knowing knowing too much, that actually triggered something for me where I think, well, maybe I do know a way to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've noticed that if I sometimes listen back to my own stuff from like years and years and years ago, when I knew a lot less, that actually, I sometimes, like most of, most of the thing isn't that great. But then sometimes there's a little idea in there that I think, oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. Because I didn't know any better, basically, I was just free to create at that point. So sometimes listening to really, really old stuff can actually get me going for Do you know in Zen, Zen, the, the Buddhist Zen, there is a, a, it goes like this. In, uh, in the beginner's minds, the options are endless. In the experts, there are few. Because yeah, well, when you're a beginner, you try everything, right? If you're an expert, you're very limited. So right on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also feel that the digital world... It was supposed to make things easier for us. And the tools actually, because of what you've expressed about giving you infinite options, they actually make things harder. And also clients and people, or maybe ourselves, we're not willing to accept anything that's less than perfect. Mm. Um, I, I work as a writer, where I used to, and... Long ago, I would sit and focus my mind, and then I would type on a typewriter. Hmm. And changing it after I typed was very difficult. You know, you had to use whiteout or whatever like that. So you kind of, the writing would happen in your mind, and you would stick to it. You know, you would, you would do a good job figuring out what that was going to be, what that page was going to be. But when, as soon as you could have the computers and rewrite, then you can endlessly rewrite yeah. the sentence. And a DAW is like that too. Mm-hmm. You can do endless revisions on the notes, on the CC editing. You can you can change the instrument to one of a thousand other instruments. You can put all these different effects on it. So you could work on one song or one piece of music forever if that was something you were crazy enough to do. I agree. There's no end to it. There's uh, auto-tune. I mean, there are other tools too, but I was thinking, you know, the perfect singing, as we call it. You know, it sounds mm. too perfect. I, I've taught voice for a while and I've noticed a lot of students have very strange ideals in, in what they want to sound like. So, yeah, I think that's another sign of that. Some uh, there was a singer that uh, that said, "I've I've ter- I've trained myself to auto tune myself." Okay, and it's like oh my gosh, it's like, like so it, yeah, it's just like so we we've 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 come accustomed. You know, people don't know what real singing is is really like because everything has been so processed. So yeah. it's like I can sing like I've I've been auto tuned. That <laughs> that really struck me so funny. And uh, I mean, this was a. Ser- 
serious vocalist, but to hear to hear him say something like that, it was like that it just is like meh, no. Um, while I'm thinking about it, Brian Eno had the, these cards. I, I can't I can't remember the cards about creativity or coming up with like yeah. it's like a deck of cards that you can you, you pick up and. There's an app. I used to have this. I forgot it. There is. You can get it on the iPad or iPhone. Oh, it's a great one. I forgot what it's called, but uh, uh, someone has to look it up. Uh, Yeah, Um, it's going to take me a while to find it, so I don't know if I could. But uh, but yeah, you just pick a card and it gives you some inspiration or something or or an idea. Yeah. Oblique Strategies. That's the one. Oblique oblique Strategies. That's an excellent one. Yeah, that's really good. I used to have that. Uh, but I just wanted to and say some far out things, you know, yeah. just some far out ideas like like play with play with, you know, this hand, you know, with one hand behind your back, you know, uh, jump on one foot and sing in a flat, you know, something. But it but it's something to kind of shake, shake you up and mm-hmm. take you out of that comfort zone, you know, put you on a different different track. Restrictions is what you remind me of, Simeon, when you say that. It's really great. I just say, if you have an orchestra, you know, just write a song for uh, tambourine and bassoon, you know? <laughs> it's going to be difficult, but hey, have at it. You know, that it's funny sometimes, or you just have a specific meter. I saw a video, I, I forgot who it was, where they could only use the Locrian scale. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, stuff like that. It can be very funny, actually. I, I, I've noticed for me personally, when I write music to a melody I didn't create, I come up with three billion ideas. I don't know what that is. I think it is because I want to be too perfect with the melody. But if somebody mm. else created it already, yeah, I'm limited to that. So then I'm just having fun. So for me, sometimes I, I think I might have the same thing because all three of you have created a melody for the for the uh, for our stinger basically, and I haven't yet. So <laughs> all right. Oh yeah, you created the melody. That's true. I see. What yeah. I was wondering, guys, should we, it seems like we, um, do you want to talk a little bit about health and why it matters? Because I feel, I feel this is tied to what we're talking about, getting stuck mm. and all that. Uh, oh, absolutely. Per- personally, I can just start a little bit quickly. I've had, um, I mean, first, I just want to say a big one. You know, I'm, I'm a believer that everything is tied to everything. So there are never, no easy solutions and you need to look at very different areas of your life. But one thing that has affected me a lot is my moods. You know, I might seem like a happy guy, but uh, I'm not a depressed person or anything like that. But uh, what I mean is that I have had a very bad stomach for all many years and that really drains your energy. Uh, so I have learned through the years the hard way what I can eat and how I can live because if my belly is not good, there's no creativity. So my whole point of this, for me personally, we'll see what you guys think, is that I need to be in very good health. Otherwise, I cannot work. It, it sort of, yeah, it becomes impossible. I mean, at least not now. I'm 45 now, so it might not be the oldest, but it's, I start to notice these things more. So I just wanted to start with that, that health for me is essential. It might not be the same for you guys, but yeah. What do you say, Reed? Is health important for you? Or you can eat and drink whatever you want. You can still well, come. <laughs> I'm a lot older than you, yeah. and what happens is certain things start to go. Yeah. So, like, I have arthritis yeah. on my fingers, and so I can't play piano or guitar like the way I used to do. So no, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but you find other ways. 
to make music. If you're held back in one way, then you just take a dif different path. But I would say if you are healthy, cherish it and do everything you can to, uh, I mean, I'm healthy, knock wood, but there are th some things like that. Mm. I, I have problems with my fingers and, uh, and things do happen as you get older. So, you know, so take it, take advantage. And, 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 uh, I, I agree a thousand percent with what you said about taking good care of yourself. Uh, it's good for everything, mm. not just music. Yeah. I just remind me, my father is a very uh, skilled guitarist and he couldn't play for a few years. Something happened to his fingers and I don't know how he solved it, but it had something to do with stress and other things. I mean, also age, obviously, but he, he managed to come down and feel less pressured by making music and that actually helped a little bit. So anyway, it just reminded mm. me when you said that. So Matthias, have you, you're, you're, you're younger, right? I can't, I don't know your age. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm 28 coming on 29. So, yeah. um, but actually this has been something, I think I, it needs attention speaking just for myself. Um, I, in the sense that I recognize what you, what you're saying, um, that health can of course have a great impact on how you feel and that can then affect your, your music. Um, so I recognize that part, but also recognize that it's something I probably need to address a little bit in my life, especially now with the Corona, I've really noticed like how much more lazy I've gotten uh, because of all the working from home and uh, you don't see people uh, as much in, in, in real, uh, yeah, in person anymore. So there's no real incentive uh, to, to do that as well. And yeah, I think that 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 might actually have to do something with a little bit of the creative drought uh, I've been having. So, um, I'm again with this topic. I'm afraid I'll, I'll just mostly be listening to uh, the advice you have because I feel the advice would be useful for me, and I don't think I'm really in a position to give any advice at this point. So no, but I mean, maybe you're right. I don't think so. But maybe you are doing something that uh, other person haven't thought about. That's just that it's not that I or anyone knows better because we are all unique but sometimes an idea can spark inspiration in someone else i just want to mention briefly i don't know how to do this but i really want to create a video where i go out and do movements from uh, silly movements from a superhero movie and then because i get ideas in my head when i do these movements that's how i work so i just thought as a fun inspiration with you like show people that if you move in a certain way you will get music in your head that you don't get by sitting still so I don't know if I can yeah. <laughs> so anyway Simeon well you know you have to be alive in order to do anything um, if, if we are not present on this planet we can't produce music or do anything so um, if we are we are passengers you know somebody uh, we, we, I just celebrated a birthday in May and I'm thinking age is, is just the odometer that registers the age of the vehicle uh, that we're driving around in and the, our, who, who we really are as, as people, our spirit is ageless, but, our, but this body has to be maintained and taken care of so we can carry us around to do the things that we're supposed to do. Um, and uh, because if, if this is not a living, then we, we, we're, we can't do anything. We can't do it. Uh, and the thing is, it's the attitude that we are, uh, that we're indestructible. It's that it's that uh, indestructibility syndrome 
And then you you come to a point where something starts happening and you're going, oh my gosh, I am not immortal. Uh, and uh, so it, it causes you to have to start looking, especially as you get older. Uh, I have had some issues with the cubital tunnel sometimes oh. and, and, you know, uh, you know, this, you know, feeling numbness and tingling and pain and different things. And um, it's like, you know what, you got to fix that. Mm. Um, you you got to fix that because you can't, you know, and, and so, so that's why, you know, I, I try to do the vertical mouse and try to do stuff. Um, the other thing that I have to work on is just getting up more, moving more. Mm. Uh, and that is, that's very difficult for me. I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, a, very sedentary sometimes, and I've got to get up and move more. Um, but but things I think that's difficult happen. for everybody who are sitting composed. It is. Well. It's yeah. just when when we're when we're in this position. Um, and talk about mood swings, Sam. Yeah, yeah, buddy. We we have those. We we have those. Yeah. And a lot of it's uh, a lot of it with me. Uh, I mean, I can have a, a a sugar high, and then man, I can be bouncing off the walls, and then boom, I can be down in the dumps and it's just like it's it's crazy so um learning about yourself uh being you know knowing who knowing yourself knowing your body um and then like you were saying when you're dealing with uh your these issues sam uh you know when uh, you know when one part of the body suffers the whole body suffers with it you know uh you can stub your toe and your whole body's going to suffer with it so um, I think it's just very important, right? Especially Matthias, right now you have the opportunity to start good habits and things. So we're we're not we're not twenty or thirty years down the road going, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, uh, you know, I can't believe it, you know. And time moves so quickly, you don't you don't realize it. Yeah. You don't realize it until something happens, and so you have a pain or you have something bumping or a blood test comes back. Uh, those are like those warning lights on the dashboard saying, you know what. You gotta, you gotta take a look at this, um, yeah. and I think it's it's interesting with this roundtable. It's it's like uh, an interesting accountability. It's like um, to have other people that we can talk to uh, and share these real life experiences. Because you know, if we're going through it, we're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. Being able to share like this is very uh, cathartic, very important. Um, and um, so, you know, I'm gonna walk, try to walk more, so I can feel better. Because you can't compose if you feel crappy. Uh, it just it doesn't happen. It won't happen. Um, and it can be very so, difficult. Uh, for example, I uh, I mean, it's, there's some great uh, uh, users, Simeon, and it reminded me. For example, I just wanted to say again, this, this is also very personal. Uh, because, for example, I've realized I can't drink coffee. And, oh my God, I love coffee. And it's sort of, you know, I put it in my veins almost, you know, like a <laughs> syringe. Because it, I love it so much and it gives me that creative spark. You know, i never taken drugs in my life, so I don't know. But to me, coffee is almost like cocaine. <laughs> no, I mean, it just gives me so much juice, you know. And I've realized I can't take it because I crash from it. And uh, mm. I destroy my my belly. Some people can handle coffee great, but for me it was just even though I love coffee, I have to realize I cannot drink it. And after mm. two weeks, because it took a while, I can't tell you, I feel much better. So you have to be open to what well, that is, and it can be very different for everybody. And it can be a pain in the ass to find out what it is. You know, I was a vegetarian. I realized I have to eat meat. You know, also very difficult. Uh, so I'm quite extreme. Uh, I'm not saying in my ways, but I find out that I had to make some radical changes. But that might not be the case for you. But to just have that awareness as well, if something's not working, if you're feeling it can be that you're just not creative in that moment, obviously. But it could also be that, you know, you're not taking care of yourself. That's 
There's this thing, the pandemic, which really happened. And in my building, there's a health club. I mean, it's a very small thing, but it has some machines. And I went down there four times a week and they closed it. Oh, what? for the pandemic. Wow. And so it's been shut for, you know, all these months and still not open. And, you know, that. That was devastating because I had a nice routine going with that oh. exercise, and it just shut off. And wow! Um, and and now, and I just didn't pick up on it in in the apartment. There's no reason why I couldn't have. I even bought a machine, which I then didn't use. Somehow, hmm. it didn't. It wasn't as easy for me to use the ones downstairs that i couldn't do it there's something whereas i could use the other ones for 20 minutes like two minutes on this one and hurts too much so it didn't work for me it's interesting and, you uh, know uh well we're not gonna i'm not gonna go into much of the covid thing but i just want to say and i don't mind you doing it but i just want to say it's interesting it seems like uh, a lot of solutions to this is to actually be more active and healthy and go out and uh, yes. it kind of seems like that where we're not supposed to do it at the same time so that's strange to me but anyway well, now, I, now New York is really opening up. All right. And nice. uh, it's just totally opening up. Uh, in fact, I think this week they've fully opened everything. You can oh, cool. fill a yeah. movie theater to full capacity. Um, so I, I live next to a park. I have no excuse. And uh, I'm glad that you picked this as a topic because I do want to get up each morning and go to the park. You know, that kind of it's easier when it's nice out also yeah, uh, yeah. But, oh there's some al alarm here so i don't know uh I, but also try I it in the actually, nights oh, sorry yeah. hmm? go ahead no i want to say i actually thought of maybe one tip i, I can i can share yeah. and that is um for the longest time i thought i was like a night person who like i, I had to work at 3 3 a.m uh, or some crazy hour past midnight to to get things done but then i realized actually i'm just a very very early bird and just waking up early actually helped me a lot with the creativity yes. um just having that that moment in time where you know you cannot be disturbed and also just getting in getting into the habit of waking up early uh, yeah it, it i think it really helps it, it helps with my mood for the rest of the day like it carries through yes so that's an excellent point, Matthias. That's something I discovered myself, uh, and it's different for everybody. Where, when is the best composing hour? And to stick to mm -hmm. that, it can change, but I've also noticed it's in the morning. So that's a very, very good point. Thanks for, for sharing. Oh, my dog is having fun here. Uh, I just mm. wanted to say one thing I've noticed also that you can try is to put your body in different states. And there are many ways to do that. And I don't mean drugs. You can try, but I don't mean that. For example, I meditate, which you can try if you want to, or I move my body. And I guarantee you the ideas that you come up with when you do those things, when you put your body in different states, are very different than when you sit down in front of the piano. There's nothing wrong sitting from the piano, but just try it. Like if you've jumped up and down for a few times or or you sat still for a moment and you have a recorder and you record the ideas that come to your mind, then I guarantee you they're completely different. So That's interesting. It's it's fun also to get you motivated to actually, I'm not saying I do a tons of exercise myself, but it could be a motivation to <laughs> to do that, seriously. Well, neurologically, you know, you're, you're, you're in the same position, so your brain is getting the same signals constantly. Uh, all the time. So your brain is very bored. 
It just mm-hmm. is just hearing the same things over and over again. Yeah. Um, and so when you, like you said, move your body a different way. Oh, so your your brain kind of wakes up and says, man, something different's going on. Mm-hmm. And so it, it cascades into other other things. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, that's that's why they say if you're driving, if you have a commute to work, um, uh, go a different way, mm-hmm. you know, because we tend to fall into going the same way over and over again, where we could almost drive with our eyes shut, uh, which I don't recommend, by the way, um, <laughs> no. uh, you know, um, but you get into, you get into habits and you, yeah. and habits turn into ruts and, uh, ruts are no good. Uh, ruts are very bad for creativity. So, uh, turn left where you would normally turn right, uh, you know, shake things up a little bit. And I think with your suggestion of movement, it's sending different, get, get different input into your brain, uh, your sensors, your senses, your senses, your smells, your, your, you know, and like, uh, like what Reed was saying, you know, um, here in Kentucky, everything's opened up. All the restrictions have pretty much, uh, they're all, you know, gone and people are actually like, it's, it's incredible. We went to the zoo and it's like, there were so many people there. Mm. You have all of this pent up uh, anticipation, and now every, every it's just like it's it's like unleashed now. And so everybody's now is trying to do as much as they can to sort of make up for what they didn't uh, get to participate in during this these lockdowns and restrictions. So um, yeah, so get out and walk, make some music. You know, I, th- I think Beethoven and the composers they yes. were listening to the music of the spheres. And um, that is where the melodies come from. We listen to the birds singing. Uh, one sings the Dick Van Dyke show theme. The other one is the Andy Griffiths uh, show. Uh, one is happy birthday. You know, so you hear all of these wonderful things going on around you. And so it's, it's, it's just stepping out and taking advantage of that, opening yourself up to that. Yeah, I just got a question in the chat. Yeah, yeah, I you noticed. got it too. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> Sam. I'm not sure if you mentioned it in another video, but did meditation help you with health, music? Well, uh, I tend to talk a lot, so I'm going to try to be brief. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I believe in. Uh, I don't know what the right word, but just to make it simple, let's say holistic. Even though I don't mean anything with that, what I mean is that there's several things of life you got to look at. Uh, you know. Just take a few. Do you have good relationships with your partner? Do you, if you have one, do you have good friends that you meet often? Uh, do you eat fairly okay? You know, it doesn't have to be an extreme diet, but do you pay attention to your body? Uh, do you move it? And do you have time for peace? And one of the ways of doing that could be meditation. And yes, it absolutely it helps me. You might do it by juggling. I don't know. So there are many ways, but there are actually a few things one could or should look at in life. There is not just one solution. Like it's, it's not just working with meditation or eating better. But I think a combination of many things. It, I mean, it it does sound very complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. But just look at a few things. You know, do you have good people around you? Are you happy with your job? You know, are you taking care of yourself? So all those things need to be looked at. It's like a combination lock. You've got to find the right combination that 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 fits fits you, uh, because we're all unique. So I think that's interesting. You got to find those things that are going to really, uh, really resonate with you. Mm. Um, and but you've got to take care of those all of those elements. Mm. Yeah, it's actually a funny one. I heard. I, I'm not sure. I think I heard it on a different podcast. But some people, when they had to focus, when they were writing or doing programming or something like that, they put on brown noise, which is different from white no- noise. It's like lower. 
and actually gave that a try and it worked fairly well for me actually like because it really filters out all the environmental noise as well yes um so that's a very concrete uh, little tip if you if you have to write a piece or something and not right. not and, music, and obviously here, but and well and here it gamifies it's neural it's a, it's about neurology uh, and your brain because you don't hear with your ears you hear with your brain uh, because I've been dealing with some uh, some tinnitus, which is a scary word for musicians. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, that is not happening in your ear. It's happening in your brain. Uh, because I think as you age, the, the auditory hairs and the cochlea, they start to die off. And so your the auditory centers in your brain are searching for those frequencies that they're not getting from the cochlea. And so ah. that is, that's what is causing that consistent ringing all the time because it's like your brain is filling in those missing frequencies. Oh. And so like when you're listening to the brown noise or the pink noise, it's sending different signals to that neurologic, that auditory uh, center in your brain. So it's kind of reprogramming those, those uh, nerves. It's incredible. We are, we are created amazing. We have so much going on uh, and it's so, like well, I'm just hearing. Well, no, there's a lot more going on than what you think. And so, uh, and and as a PSA, take care of your ears. Listen, put headphones on. Uh, use uh, hearing protection when you're at a loud concert or uh, at a movie. So, uh, my wife got me some really nice, um, you know, uh, earplugs that don't block the sound, but it just lowers it enough where it's not going to be dangerous. So, take care of your ears, your ears and your hands, and uh, those things are are priceless. You can't put a price tag on that. And there are no $6 million men being built that's going to help you to see and hear better yeah. uh, because uh, we have these gifts and we have to take care of them. So, yeah. That, that's so true, Simeon. That's a great uh, if, point, actually. Yeah. Re if I might tell, say one more thing besides the health thing, which I, I agree you're all, you're all correct about that. Um, I find it very helpful to get together with somebody who is not a musician, who is in the creative arts. Mm -hmm. I, I have a friend who's an animator, and when I would see her, it always, I come out of it very enthusiastic to go back. Mm -hmm. uh, when I, I, you know, like I said, I used to work as a writer, and I always felt stressed about deadlines. Mm -hmm. I always felt I can't take off hours this morning because then I'll get behind. I won't make it. And what would happen is if I had breakfast with my friend, I would come back and I would be so much more productive that day because we had this yeah. really, really stimulating conversation. And, you know, I'm seeing a friend tomorrow. That's part of the world opening up that I can actually meet a friend going to meet outside for a coffee and he's a writer and you know he's a novelist and I know his novels pretty well so it's a different thing I'm I mean I don't even read books not you know I don't even read fiction that much but I read his and uh it's good to get some kind of creativity coming from a human being that's doing something different from mm. what you are because it's all art it's all the same kind of thing. And the other thing I was going to mention is, and I guess we all watch, consume culture, but I, 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 I grabbed this little book I have when I was going to see the doctor. I needed something to read. And it was about people um, 
different kinds of famous people or celebrated people writing about the list of movies that nobody knew about, that they, you know, their favorite movies that mm -hmm. other people might not know. And I don't know, every single thing I read, oh, I want to go back and see this movie that I saw 30 years ago. And I don't know, I found it so inspirational. It, whatever thing that you can do to get back to that person who wanted to make art when they were a kid, that, mm. that kind of childlike desire to, I want to make music, I want to make movies, I want to do something. And if you can somehow, whatever it is, whatever trick you can get, and and uh, reading that book is just very exciting to me, and it 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 rekindles that feeling in me. Mm. That, that's very nice. That's very I like innocent that. and young. I like what you're saying. That's a really good feeling, and I and I don't want to destroy it, but I just want to say one silly little trick that almost touches that just a tiny bit, and that's what I call write for the trash can. Uh, something I learned from a writing course. I'm not good at writing, but basically you write, or in this case, music, you write the worst piece of music you can. You just like really <laughs> shitty music. And uh, I say, try that. Enjoy it. It's fun. It will surprise you. <laughs> just write well, one bad thing, music. <laughs> I, I, I think if you, if you, as a writer, I always like to write, you know, so if I would sit down and I would write something and I wouldn't worry about whether it was good. Mm. And I would generate a ton of stuff. That's what I always did. And then I would look at it as an editor and start removing the bad stuff mm. and getting down to what was good and then fixing it. But while I was writing, I didn't, I tried to not stop myself from just writing, mm. you know, just generating things. I tried not to do any editing while I was beginning the first run through. I don't think that's probably a good habit for music, but mm. that's the way I did that maybe. But perhaps in terms of, uh, of, of trying to break through a block, maybe you don't have to go so far as to try and write something bad, but maybe just to be able to write without worrying whether it's really good. Yes. And just keep going and, and to keep playing and to compete keep composing and then later come back well you're absolutely right Reed. it's just a funny trick it's something i use also when i teach voice i say is, is somebody always worrying about singing in tune then i tell them sing out of tune as much as you possibly can and so by some magic they sing perfectly then because they don't care anymore so it's just a trick to get you out of that but why wow. you said that that's a tip that that wow. writing just Great. for wherever i used to do that you wouldn't just write without stopping you know correct anything i used to do for half an hour or something way back just for whatever i was like i don't know what to write this is boring whatever you write just do that and i always wonder how you could do that with music you know you can improvise on a piano right sure but if writing composing music i always wonder how you could sort of just write music without stopping uh, I'm sure you can, but I haven't figured out a way. So, you guys have any <laughs> good ideas? <laughs> Let me know. I think it's, it's a, a little bit more. I think it's more practical to write something and not stop because you think it sucks. Mm. You know, mm. put something down and go. All right, you know, not like stop yours. Like I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm. I put a little. I wrote a little thing for my world video, and I put it down, and it wasn't good. But I, I wrote it and I said it 
And then last yesterday, I think, I redid it. And I'll walk away from it, and I'll come back to it again, and I'll redo it. But it it didn't. First one didn't have a melody. Second one did. You know, so mm-hmm. I I was willing to write this little piece, and and I think that um, adds to maybe the most important thing I would say about getting through writer's block, and that's called a deadline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if it's a fake one, right? Isn't that true when you? And I, my little videos create all these little deadlines where if I have a piece of little piece and, you know, I don't write on the level you guys do, but I have to write something. And, and so it has to be written. Something has to be written and, and it might be a six second piece, but I have to finish it and I have to go back and this piece will, I will keep going back to it until it's done. Well, there's uh, the song a week or a song a day or whatever you feel is possible. That's a good challenge you can set for yourself. And uh, you're absolutely right, Reid. So you could uh, maybe if you find somebody you know and you say, I'm going to write the piece and I'm going to send it to you on Monday at 10 o'clock, whatever it is, right? And even if it sucks and it's half finished, you send it anyway. <laughs> it's uh, mm. it's good if you have people you trust. But <laughs> don't mm. don't just send it out on internet. That can be bad. But unless you feel very brave uh, but otherwise that could be that could be fun to do i do feel that this particular podcast for me is tremendously healing because uh, i asked a question very early on when we first met and i said how many people do you have in your town or that you see a lot that has this particular interest in making music with uh, a computer and, mm-hmm. you know, I know musicians, but this particular hobby, and I've known three or four people, but I don't see them very often. And uh, so the idea to be regularly, at least every two weeks, we get together and we talk about these issues. To me, this is awesome. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. special. I mean, we take part in forums and things like that, but this is very, very different in terms of how... Um, how great it is for me. Oh, nice. We're right back. So glad you. to hear that. <laughs> what? It's great. I said I'm so glad to hear that. Yep. It's uh, so, val- it's, I mean, it's valuable to me as well. Been at it for one and a half hours, which is pretty good. Yeah. So I thought the last thing or the last two things, do you guys have anything you think is worth mentioning? Maybe there's a new instrument or something funny that happened within the music world or something that you want to share? Mm. Table's free. No, I did get the cinematic studio piano. I think I talked oh, yeah. about it last time, like I didn't have it, mm-hmm. but I have it now. So yeah, I tell got me that about one that. and, it's, and it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel it's... Um, the main reason I got it is because of the project colossal thing that I mentioned at the start, because that template required it, um, and also it's uh, incredibly cheap. So um, yes, it is. I, it I it still the like quality? the simple Sam one better, but it's it's oh. it's good at what it does. It's a very okay yeah, piano. But it, but it fits the same quality as the other libraries, you think? Or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it works well with the with the rest of the series. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe did a very pretty lengthy stream on uh, the heaviosity library ascend which i think is 
pretty good and people would do you know i think it's something i would recommend people watch mm -hmm. and i and, and i think that library was when uh, i started doing piano libraries and i think i did like that that's like i did like four videos on just that one piano um but it's it's but each time there's just something new that comes out and um and you know heaviosity's got that dna it's mm -hmm. they they just have that thing uh, in all of their libraries so it's a lot of fun and i've, I've still got to check out uh, the cinematic piano as well uh, yeah, well it's, yeah. it's, a, it's it's a yamaha c7 i think mm -hmm. and actually i if i remember correctly the last episode you were talking about a particular brand of bosendurfer or something that you really liked the 280 yeah the yeah, 280 yeah, yeah. bc yeah, uh, so I think that might also be the reason that I, I might come across as not all that enthusiastic about the cinematic piano. It's because the Yamaha... How many round robins, um, how many round robins does the cinematic piano have? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know off the, uh, off the top of my head, but it's the Yamaha... I do, I do know it doesn't have release samples, yeah. Yeah, there's a very sure bright sound, and the bosendorfers tend to be like a little bit warmer, yeah. and I think I gravitate more towards that, so that might be the reason that I... Well, the C7... you. I was just going to say it's a very simple library, okay. which is why I like it compared to. But it's sometimes just a straight up piano might be great. Uh, I just want to yeah. say, Simon, I did actually watch your video of the Heaviosity piano, and uh, first of all, it's it's really nice to see you because you're obviously a great musician, so you can just like come up with nice things immediately, which is you know you don't always find those in videos. So I really appreciate that, uh, and you take your time. But I was actually surprised. That I. I like Heaviosity, but you know they're not what I go for because I mean they're great libraries. They, it's just that they work more towards the hybrid stuff, which is wonderful. So I sometimes miss what I'm after. But I did find that this piano was very good. Um, at least what you showed, it it could sound like a real piano as well, not just as a bunch of weird things. So uh, that was right, mm. yeah, they started with that Steinway D, and um, that's. Uh, that's I think that's a that was a good start, and then they then they just branched out and did all this other crazy stuff. Um, but uh, but I thought they did a really good job. But like what you said, the, yeah, they are like their their strings, uh, Forzo, Vento, and uh, Novo. They are all into that hybrid area. Yeah, you know, they're they're not a VSL string library, so they they fit a particular um, particular niche, you know, so to speak. But uh, yeah. Oh, did anyone try out the Spitfires later? We talked about it. Uh, what was it called? Orchestral pads? No, sorry, I'm making... Cinematic pads. Cinematic pads. Did, that, did anyone try that out? Yeah, did, I think. Simeon tried it. Oh, I did. I oh. did. The day it was released, I went... I I, I had to get... I got it and, um, and went live with it. It was really interesting because they they took the Albion 1... Uh, samples. So they so Christian basically took those samples, recycled them through his crazy rack of stuff, and really brought something different out of out of it. So oh. it was it was like repurposed it. Uh, it's not just like a re-release, but it's a repurposing of those original mm -hmm. Albion One samples. Which uh, I mean, I thought I thought it was, sounded really cool. Um, right. Just a lot of really cool things going on there. Okay, makes me actually want to go and try the pads in Albion too, <laughs> to see if. Yeah, you know, and oh, now yeah. now if you now if you had the Albion One Legacy, see, mm. they that cinematic pads, they that was going to be that was free. Uh, so if you had originally purchased that library, then they give you the cinematic pads, just like they did with Intimate Strings and some of the other. So I think that's kind of cool. So if you mm. did purchase that original Albion One, all of these re repurposed libraries, they're they're giving those to you. 
um, I guess, as a loyalty or as a way of saying thanks because you can't get that anymore. So I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention something, so I don't know if it's super interesting, but the Veramonic that creates the Bohemian uh, violin and cello, that are, are amazing instruments. I would like to own them mm -hmm. one day. They are having new freebies now. I know that's very simple, but it's very high quality. So uh, the cello and the violin freebies there are, I think it's pizzicato and shorts, but that is actually worth it because it's so good. It's so well recorded. It sounds really amazing. We should uh, uh, invite Andre uh, on the show sometime because mm. I, I believe he's pretty accessible. And yeah, yeah the Philharmonic uh, violin is, is, I don't have the cello, but I do have the violin and it's, it's, it's amazing. Like I think he spent lit literal years on it and yeah. recorded all the samples himself. He's the violinist, I believe. Yeah, yeah, wow. I think so too. Because it, it does feel like there's a real vinylist who have done this. I mean, not just, you know, the whole engine, the, the concept, the thinking behind it, because there's so many things you can do with a violin. I'm very impressed by Joshua Bell, for example. I think that's amazing. But I would like to, I don't know, compare them somehow. I, I don't know them both. But, it's, uh, it's pretty simple how they differ. I think that, the, that Joshua Bell is a virtual violin hmm. that you can play the music that you've written. And the Bohemian violin is a virtual performer. Mm. Wow. Mm. And so just, you know, it has a personality. Yeah. And or many. as a former violinist, there's certain things. It, you know, I would, you know, it's like a good horse. <laughs> it goes <laughs> where you want to go, but it has a certain opinion mm. about how it should go yeah. and and uh so for example i'll be playing playing it because the way it's designed is you just play it like a piano mm. you can add articulations and of course you have to with pizzicato but it just does everything for you you, you talk so about the bohemian now or yes yeah and and so you'll be playing it and it'll rebow when i wouldn't mm. rebow mm. it'll just do it mm. um and so I feel that it's the most realistic instrument wow. of of solo instrument, one of the most realistic I have. Yeah, I get and, that sense too. Uh, mm. It's just and it uses amazing. the UVI. Yeah, yeah, the UVI workstation. So mm -hmm. that's that's interesting. And but the thing about it is, is that it's playing me a little. There's a pushback. <laughs> so when I'm playing, yeah, cool. When I'm playing it, I kind of go. Well, I can only it's it's a collaboration. The the music I'm writing Very is done with it. And uh, this is the performer. Wow. This is what the performer is willing to do. <laughs> so for example, you've written a piece and you yeah. need a a violinist to play it. He may not completely want. But that's like real life too, eh? To, to play. <laughs> he may not completely be in agreement with yeah. what you wrote. And might push back a little bit, and you. So, if you're willing to kind of, you agree with what I'm saying, Matthias? You have to kind of Absolutely. meet it halfway. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. and over time, they've added. They now have three, um, three performers. You can mm. pick one, so you have a little bit of variation in kinds of playing. And I, you know, they're going to have another one out somewhere. I assume that one of the things that there will be is more articulations and uh, maybe another performer or two. So when you're doing music, you could just pick one, or you could even switch by key switches between the two different performers wow. Wow. while you're playing. Um, but it's easy. 
You yeah. don't need to think, you play it, and to me, it sounds like a violin. Not necessarily the piece I had in my head, <laughs> but it sounds like a violin, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally, I love it. But I, I look here, they also have different feelings. So they have improv, sardas, I don't know yeah. how to pronounce it, emotive, sprightly, concertino, yes. AR, diminuendo, rebo, lasting yeah. bow, legato. It's just, it's it's very advanced. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm saving up for that one. You're going to have to try it, Simeon. <laughs> I can see the look on your face like you were already <laughs> planning to do it. No, but Simeon, Joshua Bell cello. is amazing. I the, think the, Joshua yeah. The business model of harmonic is great in that you buy one and they continue to update it. And whenever you get on it, all the updates are free. So the later you buy it, the more you have to pay for it. You know, so mm. the new buyers pay mm. more. I bought it like pretty much when it came out and, and I've just been getting, you know, and it's very exciting mm. to hear about these updates. I'm very excited about these two updates and they're going to come out with both of them at the same time for cello and violin, and they're also going to come out with viola at that. Oh, really, the viola as well? Wow. It's funny, I actually found that the cello is not as good, even though know, it's the same technology, mm -hmm. but it's just a personal preference of the sound, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more intrigued. I need to get this one. Uh, I, uh, eh, what was it? I just wanted to say uh, performance <laughs> samples, something that I really enjoy. Yeah. I really like that concept because the whole idea is that you just load up the instrument, you don't look at the interface, and you just play on the keyboard, and it's, it, the engine handles the rest for you, more or less. And it, it really works. And they uh, just announced that they work in something called Pacific and Voyage, and they're not ready yet, but I just uh, you know encourage you to go and check those things out. Um, I think if you really look at it, it's very expensive. These are more expensive um, libraries, yeah. but uh, I'm getting more and more interested all the time because they really go for the whole thing. You know, you're not supposed to sit and program and mess about. You're supposed to just play what you want, and the result is really it, It's To me, know. it's one of the more exciting trends mm. in mm. virtual instruments. Mm. Virtual instruments, I mean, we have the whole artificial intelligence information you know things where they create chords for you or create melodies for you which i find less interesting but the ones where they actually put something in there to make it sound musical yeah and make it sound real that i i i, I what you're saying with performance samples that i i really love their harmonic i love what yeah, that's really good stuff. Also wanted to say, if you're interested, there's a freebie called Orchestral Swells in the Piano Book. It's made by Dan Keen. I think he sampled mm -hmm. different instruments uh, online and made interesting instruments. Uh, I tried to play with it a little bit, to be honest, uh, just a little bit, so I don't know it that well. I'm impressed with the idea and I'm impressed that it's free and it's really nice work. Uh, personally, I don't know what I would use it so much for because it's a free sound, so what can you say? But I don't find that it's it's something I would use so much in my uh, music because I'm looking a little bit more for realism. Um, because it has that syndrome that we, when you have one note, it kind of works, but as soon as you play two or three, you get sort of, uh, mm. I don't know if it's a facing, but you get a weird effect, like an organ. It starts to sound right. unrealistic immediately. So then I would use it more as a pad. Um, but hey, it's a uh, piano book is amazing. It's all free and it's worth to check it out. And I'm impressed. I, I don't know how to do this stuff. So 
kudos to Dan, and you can tell that he's a violinist because the violin samples there are a little bit better than the other ones. So yeah. there, there are all these standard string libraries that I have. It causes me no pain to let them all be released. <laughs> you know, I could care less about Abbey Road. Everybody can knock themselves out and enjoy themselves because I don't need it. I'm happy with what I have. Um, but the libraries that drive me crazy are the Ben Osterhaus libraries and Sunset Strings, um, libraries that uh, Westwood instruments. There's a slightly off-kilter approach to it, and I find those kinds of instruments irresistible. They're the ones that make me buy because they're not just another string line. Well, if everything works out, Ben might be a guest in the next podcast. We'll see. Mm. I'm going to talk to him again about that, but yeah. Matthias, do you have any video coming out or anything you wouldn't like to talk about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good question because it's been quiet. No, so the, um, as I mentioned, the Project Colossal has kind of put give, given me a little, uh, a few more new ideas for my own little project. So I have to, I have the perfectionism thing going on properly where, I'm <laughs> could it, where I've already made a few videos, but now I kind of want to redo them before I release them because of the new um, inspiration. And um, so, yeah, just for the record, when I when I started that project, I had a a project file that was called version 5.0. I'm now at version nine, I think, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I keep going, but I should probably release at some point and just because that's something we discussed uh, today, um, you know, knowing when to walk away from it and just put it out there. So I'm, I'm going to try to do that. You, you can right. keep me to that to that promise. OK, we'll check it. Everybody some, watching and listening, yeah. they'll go and check out and make sure that. Matthias is finishing his. Mm. <laughs> and Simeon, anything you're releasing in a video this week or videos? Perhaps? You know, it's you know the thing the the thing that you can predict about me is the unpredictability. Um, right. It's um, <laughs> so um, yeah. It, right now, my mind is kind of a kind of blank, but uh, still working on you know maybe some piano piano things coming up. Um, getting this getting this project done. <laughs> And uh, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, getting the Bohemian, uh, you know, yeah, that that you guys really getting, you know, getting me excited about that possibility. So, um, yeah. So all I would say is subscribe, like, share, you know, and you'll you'll see what happens. So nuclear pianos, I think I, I think nuclear, the nuclear piano from um, Pripyat, um, I've had that sitting for a while. I want to get that back out and and I don't think I've done anything with that. Um so there's some there's some interesting things going on. I just get some interesting images in my mind nuclear piano. The Chernobyl, yeah, it's a Chernobyl. piano. It's yeah. Yeah, this is a piano that they sampled in Chern, in, in the Chernobyl okay. uh, zone after the meltdown. So it's it's again, I love pianos that have stories like uh the piano in blue and that kind of thing. But you know uh, so Omnisphere this, this has one, a piano that is on fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so thinking yeah the fire piano yeah <laughs> to key, just oh yeah bomb sound anyway yeah. <laughs> oh my it's, it's crazy yeah so there's a, yeah there's, there's a guitar store on carmine street yeah. in new york and and uh the guy makes guitars for um for reed he made guitars for bob dylan mm -hmm. 
And what he would do is he would go and get wood from the Chelsea Hotel and these kind of historic places with a oh, lot of wow. memories for people. And he would take these boards. When he went in there, all this old wood from these famous places in New York, and he would make guitars up. So that wow. when you bought it, you you would have not just and and you know and they were, you know, all the guitars that these people were using were exactly according to the kind of guitar they wanted, and it's a great place to go and sit, you know. Yeah. Wow. And and try out his stuff. Sounds fun. Reed, do you have anything on your channel or or any old video? What anything you would like to share that you think that we should check out? Old video. Oh, I mean, um, just doesn't have to be new. I think I think I'm immersed. I have to edit this um, video that that I told you about about world music. I I have another um, world music one I want to do, which will be about why I prefer the term world music to ethnic music. Mm. So that'll be the second one. Making that case, I've kind of made a decision to not do any more tutorial videos mm. because I think I'm really bad at it. And, oh. and so I, you know, I want to stick to what I think I do well, which is offer my opinions on, on something. And, and the other thing I really, that's been going on my mind is I think that my videos, I started seriously doing videos a year ago, June last year and first ones, I wasn't in them, and then there started to be this tiny little read in them, you know, like a green screen and the, just the kind of streamer read about an inch high. And finally, I got the nerve to look, you know, show myself in the videos. And it just was a long process into figuring out what it was that I was going to do. And there was a desperation. I just didn't feel people would keep watching. So I put a lot of jokes into it and a lot of special effects. You know, I'd blow myself up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, figuring get a read if on I you did as you that, yeah. You know, if they if I did that, then you know, maybe people would keep watching. Mm. And I, this, I think, is the first video in that I don't care. Mm. But I just that do want to say though, and I and I, I understand that uh, that's kind of nice when you can relax like that. And I need to do it myself. But I just want to say though that you can tell that you know what you're doing. It's very high quality videos i've checked you out everything sounds good everything's well edited it's just like wow when i checked them out i really enjoy just watching even your jokes and everything because it's just very well done reed so i really recommend to check your videos out and also it's very nice to hear your opinions you know you have some experience that other people don't so yeah i highly recommend your videos for sure for anyone i think it's just that i don't well you know who knows what you do never say never but i feel like i just want to do it and and not worry if i look at the at the analytics and 20 seconds in everybody turned it off i i, <laughs> I want to, to be about what i have to express yeah. hopefully that will be good enough oh yeah of course well uh Personally, what am I doing? I have made the video already. I'm releasing it tomorrow, Thursday, I think it is. I decided to just try something different. I'm not a, as good player as Simeon, but I just had fun, just took my piano and I played a little bit just for fun. Uh, <laughs> ended up playing a little bit before I actually got to my video. But uh, 
And then I'm just working, uh, showing you what pedaling is. It's a very, very simple concept that everybody knows, but I'm just showing how you can think about it and how you can apply it to your orchestra. Just like, you know, because it's one of those simple things that if you don't know what to do in a section, just do some pedaling. You, you, mm. you can really <laughs> get some mileage out of that. Uh, you can even create simple variations instead of, you know, just doing the same chord progression, put this you know, just one bass note and play the same chord progressions over that and you have something different. So I just wow. uh, tried something different there. So you can try that out. Um, just wanted to say, everybody, uh, please share and like. Uh, subscription is nice because then you know when the next live, pa uh, live podcast is coming because we do this live. But otherwise, share and, and comment and let everybody know, post it anywhere. And if you're listening to a podcast, we would really appreciate it. If there's a possibility to do so, I know on Apple Podcasts, you can rate us. That would help us a lot so more people can share this content. And if we have more people coming, then maybe we can have more in the chat if I don't screw it up as I did in the beginning <laughs> and lost all those viewers. So we can interact more and get more interesting questions from you. Um, anything else you guys wanted to add before we finish today's podcast? No. Then I would just <laughs> say thank you very much for joining and watching and listening and sharing and all that. And uh, we will see you in two weeks and hopefully with a guest then. So that would be even mm -hmm. more interesting. So take lots of care until we see you next time. 